Good evening, it is 5pm and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 11.9 FM. Brought to you by CFRC's News Collective, Christina Laurie, Dinah Jansen, Chancellor Miracle, Lauren Tucker, Mary McKetty, and Jesse Bell. I'm Christina Laurie and here are your local news headlines. Nomination Deadline Extended for Livable City Design Awards The deadline to nominate a project for the Livable City Design Awards has been extended until June 23rd at 4pm. If you've been thinking about nominating a project now, is the last chance to do it. These awards celebrate projects which demonstrate excellence in urban design and architecture and raise the bar for the community of Kingston, whether it be a new complex or a large building, a private residence, a heritage restoration, or a bioswale planted with local species. We want to celebrate projects, big, small, and in between, that contribute towards enhancing our quality of life and make Kingston more livable for everyone, says Manager of Policy Planning. Livability means improving the look and feel of a space and making it more enjoyable for everyone. This is the first occurrence of the Livable City Design Awards since 2017. The awards typically occur every three years. However, due to COVID-19, the 2020 edition was canceled. For 2023, a six-year eligibility period is being included to accommodate projects that have taken place in the interim. Winning projects will be recognized with an Award of Excellence, Award of Merit, or the People's Choice Award. Anyone can nominate a project that has been completed between January 1, 2017 and December 31, 2022. Complete eligibility criteria is available on the city's website. All entries that meet the criteria will be judged over the summer by an external panel. There will also be public voting in the fall to select a People's Choice Award winner. All awards will be presented at a ceremony later in the year. Plan your garden to conserve water, reduce carbon emissions, and attract pollinators. Plan a visit to the Utilities Kingston award-winning water conservation garden at 1211 John Counter Boulevard to see a variety of plants that require less water. Take a self-guided tour and learn how to save water, time, and money by building a water-wise garden that makes every raindrop count. Water-wise gardening can prevent runoff pollution and flooding, even reducing carbon emissions. Many Kingston gardeners know that adding compost to gardens and grass cycling, leaving grass cuts on the lawn, improves water retention and reduces demand for treated water. But choosing plants wisely can also help make your garden more self-sufficient and sustainable. You'll also attract pollinators such as bees, butterflies, and birds. Visiting the garden is a free and easy way for gardeners to see a variety of plants and landscaping techniques they can use in their own gardens. Create a beautiful, low-maintenance outdoor space that relies more on what nature provides and less on treated water, says Caro Casista, Conservation Coordinator for Utilities Kingston. Dense and healthy vegetation helps reduce carbon emissions. By creating small carbon sinks in your backyard, you can absorb and store greenhouse gases, which would otherwise be present within our atmosphere. Plants also create a cooling effect through shade and evapotranspiration, by which plants uptake water from the soil to use for growth and photosynthesis. Don't know your butterfly weed from your button bush? Utilities Kingston can help. While scheduled guided tours are not taking place in 2023, community members are invited to visit any time during daylight hours and wander the over 30 garden areas at their own pace. Informative signs will introduce you to the variety of plants you will find there. Utilities Kingston also offers a wonderful online resource for gardeners, picturing and listing over 100 plants that can be used in any water-wise garden. You can find it at utilitieskingston.com slash conservation garden, where you will also find information to help you attract pollinators to your water-wise garden. Providing habitat for pollinators is the first step in helping the declining species that are an important aspect of our gardens and local ecosystems. 
Once again, you can visit the Water Conservation Garden at 1211 John Counter Boulevard. Heritage Hour, the history of the Mohawks of the Bay of Quinte, taught by Chief R. Donald Miracle. As part of National Indigenous History Month, the City of Kingston's Heritage Hour series will welcome Chief R. Donald Miracle of the Mohawks of the Bay of Quinte. Chief Miracle will speak about the history of the Mohawks of the Bay of Quinte on Thursday, June 22nd at noon in Memorial Hall, located on the second floor of City Hall. Our Donald Miracle has served as the Chief of the Mohawks of the Bay of Quinty for 28 years, and before that for 12 years as Counselor. As Chief of the Tyndanaga Mohawk Territory, Miracle has successfully advocated for his community and directed its revitalization as an economically and culturally vibrant nation. Tyndanaga as part of the Mohawk Nation is a healthy, sustainable community, built on and united by its language, culture, traditions, knowledge, and history. Registration is not required and all are welcome to attend. Some Heritage Hour sessions will be filmed and available for viewing on the city's YouTube channel. Heritage Hour will be held in Memorial Hall, located on the second floor of City Hall at 216 Ontario Street from 12 to 1 p.m. unless otherwise noted. On Tuesday, June 20th, after a decade of planning, Providence Cairn and Hospice Kingston joined the Sisters of Providence of St. Vincent DePaul Council. University Hospitals Kingston Foundation, donors, volunteers, board members, and community members to celebrate the kickoff to construction on Kingston's first hospice residence. Not only will this be Kingston's first hospice residence, it will also be the first development in Providence Village, says Krista Wells-Pierce, Vice President, Planning and Corporate Services, and Executive Director of Hospice Kingston. We are grateful our hospice residents will be part of the Sisters of Providence of St. Vincent de Paul's legacy. Centrally located in Providence Village at 1200 Princess Street, the 10-suite hospice residence will provide 24-hour care and support services in a comfortable, home-like setting to clients, their families, and loved ones at the end of life. When it opens mid-2024, this new care setting will complement the continuum of high-quality, compassionate palliative care provided at Providence Care Hospital and the community hospice visiting and support programs available through Hospice Kingston. We are incredibly grateful to our community for their support to our fundraising efforts to date, says Campaign Cabinet Chair Peter Kingston. We are approximately $500,000 shy of our capital campaign goal to build the residence. Once we hit that target, we need to shift our focus to raising operating funds given that the province only provides about 55% of hospice operational funding. Going forward, we will need to raise approximately $1.6 million each year to support operational costs for the residence, Kingston adds. This construction contract has been awarded to Kingston-based Emmons and Mitchell Construction Limited. If you would like to support Hospice Kingston, please contact University Hospitals Kingston Foundation at uhkf.ca or by phone at 613-549-5452. That's all for your headlines this week, and next up is Lauren at your arts desk. Thanks, Christina. Here's your arts news for today. The Skeleton Park Arts Festival kicks off today and runs until the 25th in Skeleton Park. All festival programming is free and full of amazing and varied programs like film screenings, drum circles, yoga, dance workshops, an artisan fair, food vendors, mural making, and of course plenty of awesome live music performances from artists like the Lemon Bucket Orchestra, Casador, Alex Cuba, Kyoko Ogoda, Ariko, and much more. For the full lineup of SPAF programming, you can visit skeletonparkartsfest.ca or catch it on the back of the most recent Skeleton Press at local businesses and services. See you there. 
The City of Kingston announced this past Friday the launch of the new Crosswalk Mural Pilot Project, which will coincide with the beginning of this year's Skeleton Park Arts Festival. This initiative brings together local artists and residents to paint crosswalk murals and incorporate pedestrians and public art into everyday life. Five murals will be installed over the course of the summer, three at McBurney or Skeleton Park over the course of SPATH, with one in the East End and one in Rideau Heights to come later this summer. You can learn more about this and more about the City of Kingston Public Art Program at cityofkingston.ca. In nationwide arts news, Canada's original 2SLGBTQ plus film festival, Imagination, will be hosting its fourth annual queer short film fest, with a special focus this year on Ukrainian queer cinema. The original festival is in its 36th year, and as an organization, they aim to amplify queer voices in film. Thus, this event is as accessible as possible. It can be streamed online on a pay-what-you-can basis or for free from the 22nd to the 25th of June. Festival Executive Director Charlie Boudreau stopped by to CFRC to give us an inside look at the festival. Take a listen. I think it's important for everyone to have access to images of themselves on screen, however that screen is. To see to see ourselves uh, in in all of our all of our it's very specific little differences and diversities, um, and uh, that when online becomes very important to us. It's very important that this be an online festival so that it gets out of the big cities, out of the the, the better known events, and is watchable uh, by anyone who normally wouldn't have access to like all this all these different kinds of representation it's uh, pan canadian the short format is wonderful because uh they're 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 wonderful little gems uh a, a, a perfect 10 minute film is, is is a thing of wonder it allows for more voices to be heard because we have you know over 40 films uh this year to show uh it really allows for more voices therefore different representations, different vo- different ways of being, uh, more more for people to identify with or learn learn about or, or identify with in, 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 in many ways. You can catch the full interview this Friday at 3 p.m. on the Kingston Curator here on CFRC. Visit fcqsff.image-nation.org for more information and to enjoy the festival from home. This weekend is your last chance to catch some current Kingston community theatre. Domino Theatre's comedy Over the River and Through the Woods by Joe DiPietro and directed by Michelle McNichol continues this weekend from the 22nd to the 24th, for which tickets for adults are $20 and tickets for children and students are $10 at the Domino Theatre Davies Foundation Auditorium. Tickets are available through the Kingston Grand Box Office and you can visit dominotheatre.com for more information. Also in community theatre, this is your last weekend to see the drama A Stitch, written and directed by Eric Rutherford at the Bottle Tree Studio this weekend through the 25th. Tickets are just under $25 for general admission, and you can visit BottleTreeInc.com for tickets and more. The 2023 National Youth Orchestra Chamber Fest continues this week at the Isabel Bader Center with evening and matinee performances from NYO students and faculty all throughout the week and running until the 30th of June. The orchestra is currently preparing for a national tour and as such, their concerts are offered free of charge as a token of gratitude to the supportive Kingston community that has hosted their training institute. For a full list of the upcoming Isabel performances, you can catch the listing at queensu.ca slash the Isabel and for more on the National Youth Orchestra, visit nyoc.org. Good evening. This is Jesse Bell on the CFRC Sports Desk, and this is your sports report for Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. We begin with the CFL. 
On Thursday night, there is a marquee matchup between the 2-0 BC Lions and the 2-0 Winnipeg Blue Bombers. On Friday night, the 1-0 Montreal Alouettes will play the 0-2 Hamilton Tiger Cats. On Saturday night, we will have the Saskatchewan Rough Riders playing the Calgary Stampeders. Both teams are 1-1. And, and then rounding things off on Sunday is the Toronto Argonauts, currently sitting at 1-1, one one, playing the 0-2 Edmonton Elks. We will now discuss Major League Baseball, and at the halfway point of the season, parity appears to be the name of the game. The top teams in both the American League and the National League are separated only by a few games, and the wildcard race in each conference is extremely tight. If the playoffs were to start today, Toronto would find themselves one game out of wildcard contention. There is still a whole lot of baseball left to be played, but now is the time for a team to make a concerted playoff push and try to secure themselves a spot in the Fall Classic. In local sports news, the Kingston Grenadiers will be traveling to Toronto to play the Toronto Junior Argos this upcoming Sunday, June 25th. Last weekend, the U16 Grenadiers lost 32-7 to the Ottawa Myers Riders, while the U18 team managed to upset the perennial OVFL championship favorites 24-20. The next Kingston Grenadiers home game is scheduled for July 1st at Richardson Memorial Stadium. The Kingston Sharks women's football team will be playing this weekend at Miklas McCarney Field on Saturday, June 24th. Kickoff is scheduled for 2 p.m. And that will conclude your sports report for Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. From the CFRC Sports Desk, this is Jesse Bell signing off. Seasonal watering restrictions have gone into effect until September 15th. Residents and businesses with odd-numbered civic addresses may water on odd-numbered days, while even-numbered addresses may water on even-numbered days. The City of Kingston's water bylaw allows residents and businesses to use a handheld hose, can, or bucket anytime on their scheduled day, to use a sprinkler between 5 a.m. and 10 a.m. on their scheduled day, and to use water from their rain barrel at any time. Kingston Fire and Rescue Fire Chief Monique Belair says abiding by watering restrictions is an important community effort that helps ensure adequate supply for fire protection and we thank you. Water and wastewater treatment infrastructure is built to handle peak demand times. During the summer, Kingston residents use the most treated water from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Heather Roberts, Director of Wastewater and Water Services for Utilities Kingston, says reducing the use of treated water during times when the demand is highest helps ensure reliable supply for adequate water reserves and pressure and fire protection. It also helps manage the need to expand water treatment infrastructure. Reducing outdoor water use also reduces the pollutants that end up in the lake. This is because much of the water from sprinklers and hoses run off into the storm sewer, picking up pollutants that end up in Lake Ontario, Kingston's source of drinking water. Residents and businesses are encouraged to practice water-wise gardening to make every raindrop count. Using a rain barrel, following best watering practices, amending soil with organic content, and incorporating drought-tolerant plants are just some of the sustainable practices that help reduce treated water use all with beautiful results. For inspiration and information, wander through the Utilities Kingston Water Conservation Garden during daylight hours at 1211 John Counter Boulevard, or check out the online resources at utilitieskingston.com slash conservation garden. Utilities Kingston also offers exemption permits, which can be applied for online. 
Roots and Wings is a grassroots community group aimed at black, indigenous girls, trans, two-spirit, and gender non-conforming youth of color aged between 8 and 14. Youth have the opportunity to make friends and build community through fun, engaging programming centered around social justice topics. Follow Roots and Wings on Instagram and Facebook for more information. Queer and trans co-working and office hours with Oprah Kingston. Snacks, tea, radical coloring books, stickers will be offered by AKA Autonomous Social Center on Queen Street. Regular office hours are held Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1 to 5 p.m. and queer and trans co-working will be held Wednesdays from 1 to 5 p.m. June is National Indigenous History Month in Canada and also marks the return of the Cataraqua Indigenous Art and Food Market in Kingston, running weekly 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. until September 24th in Springer Market Square. The market is the only of its kind in Ontario. Cataraqua Indigenous Art and Food Market includes 14 Indigenous artisan and food vendors, primarily from the southeastern Ontario region. The market also features live performances each week from noon to 1 p.m. The Cataraqua Indigenous Art and Food Market is coordinated by Riel Cultural Consulting with support from Tourism Kingston and the City of Kingston. The City's 2023 YGK Music Playlists, featuring 30 tracks created by local musicians, are now live for listening on the City of Kingston website. Call Waiting System, visit Kingston website, and SoundCloud. YGK Music is an annual music program that promotes local musicians and the music scene in Kingston every year. The playlists are updated with new tracks selected by a local music working group through an open call for submissions. This year, 64 submissions were received. And that's all for now. I'm Chancellor Miracle, and this has been your Community Update. Now over to Christina Laurie with your Campus News. Thank you, Chancellor. This is Christina Laurie coming in with your Campus News. Faculty and staff members rally for fair compensation for workers. On June 20th, Queen's University staff and faculty members, along with supporters, gathered on campus to demand the university reopen negotiations for compensation increases. The Unity Council represents various unionized groups at Queen's University. The Unity Council sent out a message leading up to the event, entitled the Demanding Fair Compensation for Workers Rally, inviting those interested to participate on behalf of the staff and faculty at Queen's. The event took place at Agnes Benedictson Field on Queen's University main campus, beside Grant Hall. The announcement of this rally was accompanied by an open letter addressed to Vice Principal Donna Janik and Interim Provost Terry Shearer. The current standing collective agreements between the university and the unions were negotiated before Bill 124 was ruled unconstitutional by the Ontario Superior Court. Bill 124, introduced in 2019, limited wage increases for many workers to 1% each year over a three-year period. The Unity Council demands that compensation increases in line with those of the Queen's University Faculty Association Collective Agreement with the university, which was not constrained by the stipulations of Bill 124. The Ontario government's anticipated appeal of the court ruling that struck down the bill began this week, and the Unity Council demanded in their letter last week the opportunity to, quote, renegotiate our wages promptly and cease unnecessary delays while awaiting the Doug Ford government's appeal of this legislation to the Ontario Superior Court of Justice. In their open letter, the Unity Council stated, We contribute immensely to the success and smooth functioning of Queen's University, and our efforts deserve to be acknowledged and fairly compensated. That's all for your very short campus news update this week, and next up is Dino with weather and traffic.
Thanks so much. And now it's time for the CFRC weather report. Tonight we've got a few clouds with a low of 16. Sunny skies tomorrow becoming a mix of sun and cloud late in the morning with a high of 24 and cloudy with a low of 16 Thursday night. On Friday we'll have cloudy skies with a 40% chance of showers and a high of 26 and a chance of showers and a low of 18 on Friday night. Saturday, cloudy skies with a 60% chance of showers and a high of 22 with cloudy periods that night and a 40% chance of showers and a low of 17. And the outlook for Sunday, a mix of sun and cloud with a high of 29 with cloudy periods and a 30% chance of showers and a low of 18. Now over to Jesse Bell with the City of Kingston Traffic Report. We move into the traffic report, and this week there will be several disruptions due to planned events. Plasta Arms to Tragically Hip Way will be closed from 7.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. from June 19th to June 23rd for Queen's Convocation being held at the Leon Center. Alma Street via Patrick to York will be closed from June 19th to June 22nd between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. for the Skeleton Parks Art Festival Crosswalk Mural. On a similar note, Sydenham Street and Alma Street near Skeleton Park will also be closed from June 23rd at 9 a.m. to June 26th at 9 a.m. for the Skeleton Parks Art Festival Crosswalk Mural. And lastly, several side streets down Princess Street will be shut down on Saturday, June 24th from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for the Princess Street Promenade. The full map of these closures can be viewed at the downtownkingston.ca website. Thanks so much. I'm Mary McKetty and this is your events calendar for the week. For your live music lineup this week, I'm featuring a brief scoop on Skeleton Park Arts Festival, as well as performances from Digging Roots, Patrick Dilke, Rust Pump, and Emma Cook. This Wednesday through Sunday, Skeleton Park Arts Festival gets into full swing. From 7am to 5pm daily, head over to McBurney Park, located at 30 Alma Street, for days filled with live music, vendors, and great food. The festival is free to attend and will be fun for the whole family. More information is available online at skeletonparkartsfest.ca. Also on Wednesday, the King's and Indigenous Languages Nest presents Juno award-winning band Digging Roots starting at 7 p.m. at Richardson Memorial Stadium, located at 366 Hargreaves Way. Digging Roots bring you an evening of music, dancing, and healing to celebrate National Indigenous Peoples Day. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. and you can register for their all-ages free show online at eventbrite.ca. And that's E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E dot C-A. For more information, please contact Kingston Indigenous Languages Nest via email at kingstonindigenouslanguages at gmail.com or call 613-544-3065. This Thursday, Patrick Dilke and Emma Worley are live from 7 to 10 p.m. at Hotel Wolf Island, located at 1237 County Road 96. Patrick's here in the city to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of his first solo album's release by performing on the cusp of the release of his highly anticipated unnamed new recording project. With him is Emma Worley, the visual-turned-folk artist who brought you her debut album Sentimentalist last year. You can see both artists for free and more information is available online at hotelwolfisland.com slash events. Coming up on Friday, Rust Pump is live at Something in the Water Brewing Company, located at 275 Princess Street. Rust Pump is a trio that can't be tied down to one genre, although they're known for their blues, rock, and funk tunes. You can see Rust Pump for free and find more information about their show at kingstonlive.ca or on their Instagram at Rust Pump Band. Your last live music feature happens on Saturday with Emma Cook live from 7 to 10 p.m. at Hotel Wolf Island, located at 1237 County Road 96. The folk pop songstress has performed over 100 shows across Canada, the U.S., and the U.K., 
and is here to tell her spellbinding stories as part of her Fight Left in Me tour. Come see Emma for free and find out more information online at hotelwolfisland.com events. That's all for your live music lineup this week, but I've still got another event lined up for your calendar. This Saturday, Princess Street Promenade takes over the town from 10am to 5pm starting at Barry Street by Metro all the way down to the Ontario Street waterfront. Come and join this all-ages festival for free samples, exclusive sales, live music, fun games, and for the chance to win contests and giveaways. More information about Princess Street Promenade is available at downtownkingston.ca. Thank you for tuning in to CFRC's local news programming. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, be sure to head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK has been brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada, the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next. This week, we invite you to come out to Skeleton Park Arts Fest this weekend and find us at our booth. We'll be handing out swag, chatting with everyone, and enjoying the incredible sights and sounds. CFRC is excited to see everyone there. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.